Hello, everybody, and of course, welcome back to another episode of X Talking Ish with your boy X. And as you can see, we don't have Ish tonight, but that's okay because we have a very special guest, and I will bring him out shortly. Just let me go through this rundown right quick. And as always, if you are on Facebook, please make sure you like uh, this Facebook page so you can be updated throughout Facebook. And as well on YouTube, go ahead and hit us up. Uh, hit that red subscribe button as well. Go ahead, hit that notification bell so you can be notified for shows like this one in the future. And as well, if you are on Twitter, go ahead and check us out on Periscope. I'm going to go ahead and retweet this show on my Twitter handle at X underscore Williams 81. I know things have changed in the Twitter scape and I know it's technically not Twitter anymore. I know it's called X. So I honestly don't know what to really name it right now because I don't want to call it after myself, but that's what Elon Musk wants. So that's where we are. That's where we're at right now. So welcome back once again to another show of X Talking Is. We are updating you guys on training camp week three, preseason week two, you know, depending on what team you are. If you decided to play the Hall of Fame game, you have four games. Everybody else has three. So we're in week two and a half. That's why I like to call it. And before we get into our topics, let's go ahead and bring He's not a guest of the show anymore. He's been on the show plenty of times. And for tonight, like I said, because Ish is not here, he will be my very special co-host for tonight. He don't want to admit it. He don't want to say he's a co-host, but he's going to be our co-host for tonight, damn it. So welcome back to the show once again, Mr. Adrian Lunsford. How you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing good. I'm just a fill-in. <laughs> I'm like at the Oscars. They just got me filling in the seat. Hey, when, might be. When, when they cut out, I'm going to get up and walk away. <laughs> hey, you might be a fill-in, but that's what happened with uh with Tom Brady. He probably thought he was a fill-in, too, until uh, he took over and never looked back. So, Adrian, you might have to take this baton from us and never look back. I understand. I understand. Stay ready to keep from getting ready. You got to stay ready. Yes, sir, as always. And, of course, once again, I want to let everybody know that we will be giving away an autograph signed mini helmet from Mr. Leonard Williams through uh, at the end of this season. Make sure you stay tuned to X Talking Ish for clues to be able to participate in that drawing to be able to win that mini helmet. Alrighty then. So unfortunately, uh, let's get to some unfortunate news. Of course, um, Mr. Alex Collins, uh, former running back of the Seattle Seahawks and also the Baltimore Ravens, passed away on Sunday in a motorcycle vehicle accident. Um, just wanted to just, of course, obviously uh, pay my respects to uh, this gentleman. He wasn't really that household of a name in, in uh, the NFL, but I feel like he did a lot of his work in college at Arkansas. I wanted to go back and just look at some of the numbers that he was able to uh, contribute out there in Arkansas. And if you go and look at his numbers, I mean, he's – top five in almost every Russian category in Arkansas history. I mean, his numbers are literally right there with Darren McFadden and uh, somebody like myself that was in high school watching Darren McFadden play in Arkansas. I, I feel like he sets the standard of running backs when it comes to that institution. And, and to have Alex Collins pretty much be right there, just all five, maybe a couple hundred yards here and there, um, that goes to show you the productivity that he was able to produce out there in Fayetteville. And uh, I know the NFL world is, of course, a, a little uh, 
disappointed because of how um, what I'm reading into how much they a lot of people respect uh, Alex Collins and the things that he were able to do off the field. That's what a lot of people remember uh, Alex about. And Adrian, I know, of course, obviously you play football at the highest level. And one thing that we talk about as athletes in general is um, it's great to be remembered as a football player but it's even better to be remembered that the person that you are and the things that you've done off the field and to see a lot of his former players mention the things that he um, contributed off the field. It's pretty, you know, cool to hear. You have any uh, thing to say about this one? Either? No. Well, you know, condolences for his family as, you know, prayers and all that to um, all of his family and anybody that, you know, associates with him. Um, at the end of the day, like you said, it is, you know, we're, the, the stigma that's always been put on all football players is you're just a, you know, just an athlete out there playing football and you don't, you know, the one really looks at what you're doing. Cause as long as you're doing well in the football community, typically they, they take that and run with uh, how well you're doing in the, in the personal community, every, you know, but like you said, Alex Collins, not a household name, but, probably one of the people that's contributing more than a lot of people with the household names. And that's part of what uh, doesn't get talked about enough is what people do outside of football and everybody just sees them as the football player. And if you're not a household name, then you're not doing anything in the community. And a lot of these guys, they spend most of their time in the community because they're not a household name and that's, they're a household name in their community. So yes, definitely. No, I definitely agree with everything that you just stated. Um, unfortunately, the negative news is what gets the most press. Uh, you know, obviously we see every year, you know, an athlete that gets in some type of trouble. And of course, everybody likes to pick on the NFL when it comes to the athletes that usually quote unquote get in some type of trouble. But we don't, for whatever reason, the media does not like to showcase all of the work that everybody does within the NFL community. But again, this is a, an, an individual who has, uh, been able to make people smile on and off the field. Again, just reading into uh, the great comments that, uh, again, an owner uh, like the from the Seattle Seahawks talked about when it comes to Alex Collins. So I'm going to go ahead and move on to uh, our football topic for today. Again, just wanted to pay my respect to Alex Collins. And let's go ahead and get into these rookie quarterbacks that will be starting in week one course uh this year we have actually a lot of rookie quarterbacks that have been drafted this upcoming this past year um going of course all the way from cj stroud to bryce um bryce young all the way down to dorian thompson robertson of course we'll all be talking about uh, uh shortly adrian the big news came out that bryce young cj stroud and anthony richardson will be the starter for week one off that news alone, do you – I'll just throw it out there. Do you think that it's a good thing to throw out a young quarterback week one to pretty much, I would say, to see where that guy is at? I do. I'm a, I'm a big proponent of it um, because you went – out um and you drafted this person and that was the reason that you drafted them you drafted them because you felt like there's something that they can how they can better help your franchise and you know uh you know it's baptism by fire you know you throw them in you find out what they can and can't do um to be honest with you you know the only thing that you're giving up now with the way you know the the football world is set up 
is you're obviously going to give up the signing bonus, but, you know, they're still on their rookie contract. So you can find out early what you're going to get um, as opposed to having a guy sitting around, sitting around waiting. Um, I do think that I, I do think that, like you said, that some of them do lose their confidence. Um, but losing your confidence means you you didn't belong um, in, in the in the honest big realm, the scheme of things. When you're looking at it, and I know when I break the huddle, I look over at a guy, and if he doesn't have confidence, you know, it didn't matter about his ability. If he had a if he had confidence, his ability could be lacking. And I was just actually talking about that the other day. Just we we're having a, a, a real conversation with some of the guys that played football with, and we were having. A, a conversation about some guys myself was one of them i just never i never lacked confidence you know i thought that i was always the best at my position going day in and day out every day worked at it worked at it worked at it and same thing with these quarterbacks um it's a new age i get it you know they're trying to protect their investments because the, the the money that's being spent on these young guys um, you don't want to put out, you know, all this money and find out that they're a bust. But I always have said this, and I'm why I'm a big proponent of playing them, is the same way that the players get paid is the same way that the GM, the same way the scouting service, the scouting department gets paid. They got to do their due diligence. And if a guy's not ready, then they shouldn't even draft them. They shouldn't waste their time. So it's it's six in one hand half a dozen in the other and i'm i'm on the side of playing now i do like the way that you play devil's advocate on seeing both ends of the spectrum when it comes to of course you know throw him in there see you know what he has you know if the confidence drops hey you probably didn't belong anyways i've heard that that uh sentiment from an, an individual that i was speaking to on social media Again, I understand. I'm not saying you're wrong at all because a guy like Peyton Manning, of course, he leads the rookie um, record right now with interceptions, and it's something that he's mentioned that he hopes that somebody breaks. But that's one thing that he never lacked when it comes to playing that position, which is the confidence part. I, you know, I'll go out there and go and throw 35 interceptions. Sooner or later, I'm going to go throw and throw a touchdown. And I think I I do understand what you're saying in that aspect. And then I also look at it as, as another aspect of, like you said, with the confidence, because we talked about that off air. Um, and I just used the example with Zach Wilson last week on uh, the season opener of Hard Knocks. He mentioned that that he was kind of losing a little bit of confidence uh, within himself. And that goes in part of, like you said, maybe Zach Wilson don't belong. Maybe Zach Wilson probably shouldn't have been a first rounder in, you know, in general. Maybe he should have been a third or fourth rounder. But obviously the hype, you know, got him to where he was at. And luckily enough for him, he's now able to pick the brain of probably one of the best quarterbacks of this generation. Um, you know, his favorite quarterback. And maybe it can help him resurge himself to allow him to have a better uh, next half of his career instead of the way that it started off, right? So um, this is just a very touchy subject because every situation is case by case, right? You know, because we look at some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now. We look at Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes. They sat and waited, you know, even though Patrick Mahomes is way better than Alex Smith and a lot of people felt like he should have been started. But the Chiefs, you know, had a loyal um, – I guess you could say a loyal a loyalty to 
Alex Smith to make sure that, you know, we'll let you play it out. But, you know, once you once we see that you're not the guy anymore, we'll go ahead and insert Patrick Mahomes. But there are some times where, you know, from week one, you know, day one, the guy like Cam Newton or Andrew Luck or RG3, whoever it is, they start from day one. You know, just depending on how they play quarterback, they might not last as long just due to their playing style. Well, and there's no there's no right answer to the to this. There's no wrong answer because at the end of the day, if Bryce Young starts and he does well, everybody's like, I told you so. Mm-hmm. If Bryce Young does terrible, everybody's like, I told you so. Yep. It's it's the everybody wants to be the first to say what it is or what it's not going to be. You you cannot predict it. All you can do is give the kid an opportunity. If they're not able to handle the opportunity, you have to have a contingency plan in place, ready with your backup quarterback. And this is where the the professionalism becomes, this is where you have to become a professional and you have to understand being professional is if you become the, if you're the starter, and I'll just use Bryce Young since his name came up first on there. Bryce Young's the starter. He goes into week one, plays, okay they give him a couple weeks he goes six weeks he doesn't play well they bench him they pull out the 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 backup quarterback Andy Dalton is the backup yeah Andy Dalton steps in he does his thing and everybody's like oh I told y'all you know we should have set him on the bench and this is where he has to become a professional Mm -hmm. and understand what he did wrong how he can get better and move on and and you talk about Zach Wilson losing his confidence well a lot of that confidence comes from your teammates, from ownership, the fan base. Everybody hears the noise of the fan base, but we let's face it. When you walk in the locker room, that's what you're looking at. You look at the faces of your teammate, and you know what the and and so when when a quarterback says he loses confidence to me, just you know being around quarterbacks playing football when they say they lost confidence or they're losing their confidence that's because the team has already lost confidence in them the, the their teammates have lost confidence in them so mm-hmm. zach wilson saying that he's you know you know with aaron Rodgers around him and it's making his confidence go up well you don't have any pressure on you no more nobody everybody knows that you're not going to start the only way you're going to play is if something happens to aaron Rodgers. so mm-hmm. everybody has a little bit more confidence in him so now his confidence is boosted because he feels like, oh, yeah, well, nobody's criticizing you no more. You're no longer the starter. Nobody cares. And and unfortunately, that's the business that that we're in. You know, nobody cares. Nobody cares that he's the backup anymore, mm-hmm. any longer. Now, the question is, will he be ready if something happens to Aaron Rodgers? You know, that is the question. So that's – I don't – you know, it, it's – like I said, it's six in one hand – half a dozen and another there's no right answer because if if cj stroud goes out and stinks up the joint everybody's gonna say i told y'all you shouldn't have started they should have mm-hmm. started you know they should start mills or they should have started keenum or whatever the case oh, may don't, be don't don't worry they're, they're waiting for richardson to mess up I, I i can see the writing on the wall from everybody everybody just waiting for anthony richardson to mess up right right and now now can i go out west even though he's not a rookie this is somebody that has been mentioned over the last couple of years, Mr. Trey Lance. Uh, just recently in training camp, there's been some speculation that he's not playing up to expectations that Kyle Shanahan might have wanted him to you know, play at because they went out and traded up to be able to go out and get him. And 
again, even though he's not a rookie, could Trey Lance be grouped into what we were talking about when it comes to maybe lost a little confidence due to the injury, seeing Brock Purdy come in? You're in this system that's very, very quarterback friendly, and you're still not able to <clears throat> produce the way that you're producing. You know, can I get a little insight from you on that? I I, I agree. It's it's like I said, it's the locker room. Everybody's Brock Purdy was magic for them, magic. Yeah. And you hear the you hear the. The, the grumbling when you walk in the locker room, you know, you know, when you can tell when receivers, you know, dapping up this quarterback, not dapping up this quarterback. You could tell when other when the linemen are pumping up this guy and they're not pumping up this guy. So Trey Lance, he, he seen his job leave his fa- leave right before him. You know, I remember playing playing in college and and you know you always heard this the saying you know you don't lose your job to an injury you know you come back well and our our coach said he was it was funny because i i remember to this day it was just like when i got hurt and i hurt my shoulder and he was like you don't lose your job to an injury blah 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 and then you know i came back played no problem well, there was another guy. He got injured, and the guy behind him was better. And guess what they did? They they started that guy. They, mm-hmm. It didn't matter. So the same thing, kind of, you know, with with the Trey Lance situation. Brock Purdy came in and did did his thing. Everybody loved him. Um, fans loved him. The media loved him. His teammates loved him. And Trey Lance, not as beloved. Not as beloved. So. You know, that's where the confidence comes, lack lack of confidence comes from, in all honesty. It's from the locker room. I, it, people, you know, everybody does what they need to do for the media. Zach Wilson saying the right things. You know what to say. Mm-hmm. You know how to make the media, make it sound good. But the reality is, guess what? Tomorrow when you go in the locker room, they heard you. They're listening to your interview, and they're like, man, this dude here, man, we don't like him. So You've talked about it plenty of times before. When you're in the locker room, everybody <laughs> knows who the guys are. Right. Yep. Everybody knows who the top dogs are and whatnot. And um within and usually the, the, and usually the top dogs aren't even the guys that the media with. makes. That's the that's that, the that biggest problem. Yeah. That's the biggest problem. The media says this is the top guy because he makes the most money, but those don't be the top guys in the locker room. So no, I definitely agree. Now before we move on, I want to ask you because of course season's about to start up, we're just in 23 more days. Out of the first, um, I'm sorry, these rookie quarterbacks, who you have been will, will be the best quarterback out of this group, and it doesn't have to be any of these guys that I mentioned right now. It could be a guy that coming out of the fifth round, like Dorian Thompson Robertson. You know, could we see somebody that might um, pop up out of nowhere that might be better than all these guys? Well, my 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 first pick is Bryce Young. That's mm-hmm. that's. I think that he has the the demeanor. I think that he he has a <clears throat> a better opportunity being in Carolina. I mean, he came there. They expected him to start. Like it was not really going to be, you know, uh, C.J. Stroud. Eh, it was kind of you know nobody really. Anthony Richardson. Eh, it wasn't on the that they didn't think they were going to start, but it was just. You know, Bryce Young had the most opportunity to start. I don't think he – I think he came into the job going, I'm going to be the starter regardless, you know, no matter what what happens. Um, like I said, Andy Dalton's on, what, the end of his career? Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how many years he's been in the league? 
over 10, it's about, about 11, 12 years now. Right, and, and he lost his job multiple times multiple now. times yeah. so you 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 can't even think that he was going to be their starter so mm-hmm. I, I my my early picks bryce young I'm, I'm gonna stay with bryce young um i do feel like uh that dorian can can sneak in there somewhere mm-hmm. you know because that's the kind of guy that that's the kind of stuff that happens you know those fifth round guys they yep. chip on the shoulder mm-hmm. he's looking to get better all the time yep. constantly so I want to throw one name out there, and the only people that I really see talking about him, which rightfully so, and I understand why they will, or why they would, I should say, um, is the Georgia, of course, fan base, Mr. Stetson Bennett. Now, of course, a lot of people like to get on him, obviously, because of his age, but I don't know about you, but he kind of reminds me of one of your arena football teammates, Mr. Kurt Warner, and how he was able to be – uh, be able to join the NFL a little bit later on his in his uh, life to where he wasn't a quarterback at 21 in the NFL. He was, I think, what, 28, 29 or something? Yep. So, you know, for Stetson, he's already 26, if I if I recall, and he's playing on a team like the Rams to where we already know Matt Stafford's going to be the guy. But how many more years does he have left, right? You know, does he have maybe two more good years and then you hand the reins over to Stetson? Stetson also is a proven winner with Georgia. You know, don't get me wrong. Obviously, he has talent all over the field, so I'm not going to give him all of the credit for doing what the Georgia team was able to do. But when it comes down to, like we just talked about, these late-round guys that have, you know, these chips on his shoulder, it seems as though he's had a chip on his shoulder since college. He's played, he's played pretty well in his first preseason game. But, again, I don't really count too much preseason. I want to see what you do in the regular season. I want to keep my eye on Stetson because he could definitely uh, prove a lot of people wrong when it comes to how they just view him in general. Oh, good point. Um, I think that, honestly, I, you know, based on what you're saying, I, I agree. Um, one, he's, he's mature. So that's going to help tremendously. And in this day and age of playing quarterback, with all the media hype, everything that's going on, everybody mm-hmm. seeing everything, social media, um, that's going to play a big part, a big, big part for him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's heard all the outside noise about him being, a, you know, a grown-ass man playing with college kids mm-hmm. and all of that. Mm-hmm. But the the bottom line is, you know, um, same thing. You know, like, like you said, Kurt, I play with Kurt, and Kurt maturity allowed him to be able to stay in the NFL. You know, when he got there, he understood, hey, I got an opportunity. Let me let me take advantage of this opportunity. I got in <clears throat> because someone got injured. I'm never looking back and I'm going to move forward from there, you know. And so many times that is the story. That is mm-hmm. the story. Yep. But are you ready for the opportunity? That is the the biggest thing. And Stetson probably will be ready mm-hmm. because you know, he is, uh, you know, older, 26 years old, not, you know, not too old to not where you're old, really. not right. Old. Not especially not a quarterback. So it, mm-hmm. it doesn't hurt at this, you know, quarterbacks are now playing at 30, 40, mid thirties. Yeah. Mid thirties. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Aaron so, 38, you know, I mean, he's still playing well. Again, I'm not comparing him to Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> but yeah, long, longevity of a career in any sport nowadays, it seems like a little, maybe a year or two yep. more than ever so before. Let's get to the comment section. My boy Fracture Walnut joining us on YouTube. He says, what, uh, what about the kid from the Raiders? I forget his name. His name is Aiden 
O'Connell, who I was actually uh, just mentioning to Adrian about uh, quarterback out of Purdue. Now, of course, we know Purdue as a school, they don't really produce that many pretty decent quarterbacks. Mainly the quarterback that they put on a pedestal will be, of course, Drew Brees. Do I think he can emulate what Drew Brees was able to emulate in the NFL? That's pretty doubtful, but I see he's a with lot the, of Raiders. He's, he's with the Raiders? He's with the Raiders, yes. I see a lot of Raider faithful that that love the kids so far. They feel like he's the best quarterback of the draft. I know Raider fans are a little, you know, a little out there when it comes to being maybe a little delusional from time to time. Um, but again, I got to see more from him. I'm not, I'm not taking a guy that played at Purdue. Um, that again, that that was drafted a little bit later in the fourth in the fourth round. That. That and again, it could he could be three years from now. He could be the surprise guy. He could be better than than a lot of those guys, Stetson Bennett's and the DTRs. But I gotta see a little bit more. And then also playing with the Raiders and playing for Josh McCown. I mean, that right there for myself is just kind of like, ah, right. and I understand what you're saying, Fracture. Yes, yeah, I only say him because of struggles with Jimmy G. Yes, the struggles of Jimmy Jim and also Jimmy G not being able to finish a season. So yes, I do agree that he probably will see some playing time this year. But what type of play will we get out of him? That's really what we have to see. Yeah, he he's over there, the Raiders. Unfortunately, yep. that's that's the black hole black for hole him. For I mean. a <laughs> right. Yep. Yep. Well, that's, yep. Unfortunately. Yep. All right. So let's go ahead and move on to our next topic, and we'll check in, of course, on these rookie quarterbacks throughout the season. Um, since we're and Jimmy Talking. G will always be Jimmy G. Just bottom line, Jimmy G will do Jimmy G things. Pretty much, pretty much. And he's in Vegas, so you know. We'll, <laughs> yeah. we'll be checking in on another report from Jimmy G about the things he's doing in Vegas. So, I want to start off with this running back first because he signed his deal first. Mr. Ezekiel Elliott signs one-year deal up to six million with the Patriots, of course, with incentives. Um, there was some talk over the week or so about Zeke maybe joining the Patriots, but, and I, I don't know, I know, I don't really, I didn't really take it too seriously. I was just like, okay, it's just a visit. I don't, I just really didn't see him joining the Patriots at that time, but ink has dried on the paper and Ezekiel is now a Patriot. Um, I, I, now looking at it, I think it's a good fit for Zeke because he doesn't have to be the main guy. He'll split carries with Stevenson um and it will allow that running game to obviously have that one-two punch uh take a little bit more pressure off of, of uh mac jones but again their their biggest question mark is what about your receivers are you going to be able to get production on your receiving your receiving core uh and then also will we see the next step in progression of mac jones with bill o'brien as the offensive coordinator those are I mean, those are really the question marks that we're going to have for the Patriots. We know what the defense is about. They showed it again last year. They're going to be a top five defense. They're going to keep them in the games. But in that division, and we'll talk about the, the other running back that signed with the other team. We'll talk about that shortly. But in that division, this AFC, this AFC East could be what everybody was expecting the AFC West of last year to be. I'm not saying the greatest division of all time, but going to be pretty damn competitive. And, they could have a fourth place team with a winning record and miss the playoffs. That's just how I think slobber knocker this division could be. Agreed. Um, I think it was worth. I think it was good for 
Ezekiel too. I think Zeke got it, you know, just like LeGarrette Blunt when he went to the Patriots. Uh, they'll take advantage of, you know, what what he, he does. They play defense. They're going to have, like you said, top five defense. They're going to always be top defense out there, one of the top defenses. Mm-hmm. So you're going to get a chance to run the football. You're going to get mm-hmm. a chance to pound the football and, you know, you know, Belichick only wants you to do one thing, come do your job. Yep. So Zeke can show up and just run downhill. And obviously he's going, he's got a lot to prove, you know, um, I seen he cut his hair. I was laughing about that. You know, I'm sure he's still, ready for an interview. You know how that goes. Yeah, I hope. Yeah, I hope it's the whole new. It's you know you're gonna hear the new me, new this, new all of these things and all that. But you know, I I don't think that he's the running back that he once was. But oh, no. for them, they'll they'll definitely utilize him to the fullest, and and he'll it'll you know it'll work out for both both parties. I mean, unfortunately, we saw it last year, right? We saw last year with Zeke, the way that he ended the season. Unfortunately, the last play that we'll remember him as a Cowboy was him getting ran over by a 49er defensive lineman to end the game for the Cowboys. And I I agree with you. My my apologies for cutting you off when it comes to Ezekiel. Obviously, he's not the same guy as he once was. But can he be a valuable asset for the Patriots? Could be. I mean, it kind of reminded me oh, more Bri- like Corey Dillon for. The yeah, game Corey game. Dillon did the same thing, but o- but or O'Brien though. That's the that's the issue. Is the the offense will not be just O'Brien calling plays is a problem in itself. It's just not going to be productive. It'll work out for Zeke because he's gonna he'll look more productive just because of what he ended like you said what he ended at, at the Cowboys. He'll look productive. He'll look a lot better than he was. But O'Brien calling plays is not gonna not gonna help him out that much. It's gonna be interesting, especially of course uh Zeke playing usually usually playing inside of a dome in, in the South. Uh now he'll be playing outside and uh, especially once November, December timeframe gets here again uh, Older body, you know, has gone through some injuries here and there. Yes, one year. One yeah, year. Yeah, one year. Yep. One year. Yep, one year. Yeah, I mean, it's one, one year. year. Yeah, I, one <laughs> I year. He could be there for one year and be in L.A. or Miami. You that, know, all he's that. thinking one year, he's yeah. trying to resurrect his career. So, yeah. yes, he'll give it. He'll give what he doesn't have. You know, he'll give everything in the tank that he doesn't have. He, he won't be able to string string together any amount of years, but the one year he, he can do what he needs to do to 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 make everybody think he can play. Because one thing that I've heard from personally, uh, and then also from other players that have played in that organization, it's a tough place to play. You know, it is, and I'm not talking about just the weather. I'm talking about obviously playing for Belichick mm-hmm. and just what Belichick expects out of you as a person. Um, and it's 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 not just physically tough; it's mentally tough as well, too. Very much and, so. And I don't know if Zeke has been, you know, pushed in that type of way in the NFL because I think with the Cowboys, you know, let's be real, it was the Dak and Zeke show. You know, yep. those two guys. You know, it, you know, buddy, buddy. You know, the jumping Salvation Army. Uh, you know, kettle and <laughs> you know, let's have some fun. You know, here and there. You know, I've seen my I've seen in Dallas myself. I've seen Zeke out party. You know, so like. Right. I don't know how this is all going to turn out, um, you know, because I, what I would hate to see is by week 10, you know, 
Ezekiel get, having to get traded or whatever it is because there's just whatever friction going on. I don't think that's going to happen, honestly. Um, but like I said, one year, right? One year. I think he moves on. I don't think he stays a Patriot that long. No. But we'll see what happens. All right, let's go ahead and move on to the other running back I was speaking about. That signs his one-year deal with the J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets. And I have to do that for my boy Ish, who's not here. Um, and yeah. signs a seven year deal up to 8.6 with incentives. And what I found a little funny about this signing, Adrian, again, going back to hard knocks uh, with the Jets last week, Dalvin Cook makes a visit to New York. And when he's out in the practice field, you can see the fans in the stands chanting, you know, Dalvin Cook's name. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know about you, Adrian, but. I, don't, I wasn't even suiting up, and it, it made me want to go out to New York and go play for the Jets, you know, because it made – I mean, again, if I'm down with Cook, these fans so far in the organization making me feel like you want me, right? You want me. I could be a valuable piece to this team and maybe, you know, take us to a conference championship game and, of course, obviously maybe the Super Bowl. And I thought when he left and he didn't get a deal signed, I really thought that he was going to sign with Miami. I, I, I was surprised that New York let him leave, but – Something must have happened to where he said, look, I think you guys are a capable team of making it to a at least a, a, a AFC championship game. I want to be a part the of the Jets. It's a lot of hype. Hey, a lot of hype. The Jets. Look, Adrian. Oh, man. Get off can the I, Can I say this? Can I say this? Can I say Sipping this? the Kool-Aid. Can I, can, I, can I say one thing, though? Can I say one thing? Yeah. Let's not act like we haven't seen the Jets in the AFC championship game about 10 plus years ago when we had Rex Ryan as head coach and Mark Sanchez. As the quarterback, not one you. AFC championship game, but back to back, right? That was so that was that was back then. That was back 2010, then. 2011. Right. AFC right. as at the moment is a is a gauntlet of teams that you're gonna have to go through to be able to be one of the two yes. at the end of the year. I, I agree. I'm you're I'm not, not riding I'm not riding the Jets hype right now. I want to see how they look by week five, six, and seven. But they got paper, the pieces, they got paper, the pieces. Yes, they got on, the pieces. Paper, yes, you got the pieces. And, and again, if, if, if you can't get past your division, I, I don't know if I can take you seriously right now if you're if if out on the outside looking in. The Jets are going to hype the Jets up. Buffalo Bills going to hype the Buffalo Bills. You know, fan base, they're going to hype those, those teams up. It, it happens every year. But that division is going to be very, very tough. And if you cannot win that division, right. I don't know if I can take you seriously going into the playoffs because, again, if you're a wild card team in the AFC – it's it's going to be a tough ride. Yeah, the Jets are still the Jets, and it's organizational problems. That's that's just there's nothing. Aaron Rodgers is going to win them two games, just being Aaron Rodgers. And you got Sauce Gardner, great, got a great receiver. Um, Dalvin Cook add to the mix. They got the pieces, but uh, I just I don't see him doing anything. The fracture one that says uh, they, uh, I think says they the parts, but I think he's uh, he's saying that the parts that they have, they mm-hmm. they believe in them, but honestly, it comes down to the head. Yeah, coach. the coaching, solid. Yep. Uh, and then also he says I don't see him Correct. out coaching the rest of the division. Exactly. Um, I mean, no. I'm can I can I again can I just say one thing? Yeah. This is a guy that comes from the Kyle Shanahan tree, right? Right. A guy that he's going to be uh, coaching against is Mike McDaniel's, who also comes from the Shanahan tree as well. That's out in Miami. 
So you're telling me you're going to put Mike McDaniels over Robert Salah right now? I mean, I don't know if I would because well, again, I, I put him over him. I put him over him because Miami was there last year, and and this is a year two. He he's been he's back. The coach is back. Pieces are still the same for Miami. They didn't they didn't go through all season losing anybody. The the only problem they had, and they got what they wanted out of the deal. Two is back. That that was that was their only fear is that Tua wasn't going to come back. Then it was going to be a problem. I mean, it, you know, everybody's behind Tua. It's 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 like we were talking about at the very beginning of the show. The confidence when he walks in the locker room, his teammates love him. The you know everybody wants him to be on the field. Obviously, he played through a concussion, two concussions, possibly three. You know, and continued to play Miami's yeah it'll be hard to outcoach them I mean just they're gonna they're gonna stick together as a team period and you know you had inside insider information you know you know I'm you know how it is over there so Mm -hmm. yeah I mean again just that division alone I I look at it like I look at the AFC North you know I the, the, a team that you think could be last place, a lot of people think the Steelers going to come in last place in that division. They nah. could win the division. You know, yep. I mean, again, I'm, I don't think the Browns are going to win the division, but again, crazy things could happen. I mean, I, I, that's how I see with the AFC East. I, I think if we, once, before the season starts, and we're going to, of course, give out our divisional winners and whatnot, we could have one, two, three, four, and by the time of the season is ends, it could be flipped in that division just because mm-hmm. of how good those four teams are in the AFC East. Agreed. So, I mean, it, it's going to be very interesting. I, I think Dalvin, more than anything, I think Dalvin helps out Brees Hall that much more because it allows Brees, same with Ezekiel Elliott and, and Stevenson and, and with the Patriots, to where it doesn't allow Brees Hall to have to rush himself back, to have mm-hmm. to um, pretty much play – at 70 or 80% from that Achilles, uh, it, it will allow him to be able to play 70 80% without having to re-injure that, in, that injury or suffer another injury because you're not 100%. And also that running back group that they have, they're, they're seven deep. It's not just Dalvin and Brees Hall. They, they have a decent running back group. So it'll be interesting to see what happens as with that offense. But what it comes down to, and I, I don't know if you really pay attention to the Jets, it comes down to the offensive line. It's like any other team. If you don't have an offensive line, you ain't going nowhere anytime right. soon. Their offensive line is the biggest question mark for that team. Um, they're relying on Dwayne Brown to come back from injury. And, again, Dwayne Brown ain't, ain't a young puppy anymore. You know, you, again, they have a couple of guys on that line, but nobody that really stands out to say, oh, you know, we got this guy. We're not worried about that left side of the, of the, uh, of the line. But, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is going to work his magic. He's going to be able to escape the pocket and, and make plays. But if they don't keep Aaron upright, you know how the story goes. Anytime a quarterback can't stay on his feet. Yes, sir. All right. Let's go ahead and finish up tonight with some training camp updates. The first uh, training camp update I'll bring up would be Zach Martin. Uh, he ends his holdout and he agrees to rework his deal uh, with the Cowboys and I mean, I was with you, Adrian. I wasn't expecting this holdout to last that long. 
No. We, we don't see office alignment holding out. You know, they're one of those guys that feel like they're a part of that that group of linemen. They're a unit. You know, they they look out for one another. You know, they're not going to be like a quarterback or wide receiver or whatever that is going to just say, hey, I ain't coming. They're not divas. <laughs> so with that being said, um, I'm not surprised that this holdout ended real quickly. Uh, he's now making uh, $18 million a year instead of 14 Well-deserved, of course. I mean, he's I, I would say the the guy has been the guy for the Cowboys for you know a couple uh, four or five years now. Um, he's he was there when the Cowboys had probably the best line in the NFL, and ever since then it has kind of diminished. But right. he's still been a consistent part of that line. Um, overall, it does help. Obviously, it helps the Cowboys, but the Cowboys are the Cowboys. You know, you talk about the Browns, the Browns, Jets, or the Jets. You know. Some of these teams, they are what they are, and I just, I just don't know what I'm going to get from the Cowboys besides probably disappointment, right? You know, a lot of highs of hey, we're gonna, we're gonna do this week 13. You know, we're playing a good game, and we're gonna, we're gonna have all the momentum going into November, December, and then the wheels just fall off, right? You know, it just, it just seems like more of the same for the Cowboys. Um, again, shout out to Zach. He got his money. You know, shout out to the Cowboys. They got the piece that they want to uh, get back in training camp. But it's just more of the same for the Cowboys. Agreed. All right. So another big update that I really want to talk about uh, with you and, of course, everybody that's tuning in is if anybody paid attention to that joint practice today for the uh, Ravens and the Washington Commanders, you saw a lot of fisticuffs being slung around. Um more so than anything, you know, Adrian, you know, you know this firsthand. When it comes to training camp, about two weeks in, everybody's tired of tired of hitting everybody, hitting the same folks. You know, everybody's just tired from the heat, tired from this, tired from that. You know, I haven't seen your, you know, your wife, your kids. You know, probably haven't gotten none in a little bit. So you know, everybody just <laughs> toss rolling, just you know, just up right. and pumping. And it seems like this little uh, joint practice got a lot more serious than it needed to be. Um, again, scuffles with a wide receiver and a DB that kind of started everything. Uh, then another incident uh, with uh, Mark Andrews um, after he uh, caught a pass. And then um, I guess he is, he assumed it was a fumble. One of the Washington commanders picked it up and then he body slams uh, him to the ground after the play. Again, we all know when you have these types of practices, you want to compete, but you also want to keep everybody upright. You want to keep everybody safe. You want to make sure nobody comes out injured. Um, besides your thoughts on joint practices, do you think sooner or later the NFL might have to step in and say, because right now nobody gets fined or suspended for any of these scuffles in joint practices. Do you think sooner or later that the NFL might step in and say, all right, we're finding you guys if you get into fights or this, that, and a third. Nah. Um, that's the, the coaches, players policing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's something that, that has to stay that way, that, you know, where they're, they're policing it. I don't see the NFL trying to – because, you know, a lot of these guys are not going to make the team, unfortunately. That's mm-hmm. the other part of it. Um, but – I didn't even see it. I don't know what happened, but I'm just, this is just throwing darts in the dark and knowing that probably this will stick, that uh, the, the commanders were involved. Well, they they were just in the news for 
you know, the whole thing about being a me and all that. So now he's too intense and blah, 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 whatever the story was that mm-hmm. went on about that. So what happens? The typical, now we're going to go and practice and we got a joint practice. We're going to, you know, the words that nobody catches on the microphone, things that are happening, things that are being said, a lot of chirpiness. And, and this is to show that, you know, hey, we're not soft because everybody was calling the commander soft, you know, like mm-hmm. the enemy's too tough. We're soft. Now we, we want to show that we're hard. That That's what I believe. I don't know how it all started, but that would be my first thing is, you know, I go in and I'm, I'm as a player, I'm saying, oh, man, y'all, y'all think we're soft? Okay, I, we can show you. We can show you better than we can tell you. So. No, I definitely agree on that part. And I really, literally didn't think about it when it comes to, yeah, maybe Ravens out there trying to play a little bully ball. You know, maybe they're out there saying, you know, yeah. you know they probably didn't say it, but they definitely showed it with their own play. And right. Boys talk, you know, y'all boys ain't this, y'all boys ain't that. And, right. Y'all yeah, want, we probably got to them. Yeah. Yeah. Y'all want to, y'all, 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 y'all got a new coach. Mm-hmm. And y'all think he's too hard. Let me, mm-hmm. let's, 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 let's beat you up. And now, and granted, Come on now, let's be real. It's the Ravens. They're in the AFC North. You 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 play bully ball anyway. I mean that's you, you have to. You're, you got to. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the Browns ain't. They're not gonna win the division, but man, they're a problem for everybody every year. They're gonna be a problem for all three teams. You know, Cincinnati gonna have a problem with them. Steelers gonna have a problem with them. The Ravens gonna have a problem with them. That's that division. So. I'm sure that they went in and said, "Hey, we we you know we're gonna beat we're gonna beat y'all up. We, we y'all soft anyway." Yeah, it's um it's interesting again how these joint practices play out, and I'll I'll just uh, piggyback on again on the joint practices. What are your thoughts on joint practices? Um, I'm pretty sure in arena in the arena days they didn't have obviously too many of these joint practices, and if they did, it was probably we- was a little few a few at a time we had we had some um mm-hmm. we we did them we did we did a few joint practices and 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 things like that but the only thing i'll say about a joint practice is is it's the same thing you 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 know what they they're going to do um your ones typically are going against their ones and so things always are going to get chirpy always going to get chippy because it's it's you know my, my favorite saying all the time was who dogs demeanor like that's what you went out there with you know you had to be had to show even if you even if you wasn't winning you had to show that you 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 were going to stand up so um i'm not a big fan of the of the joint practices um honestly like i don't i don't know that you get a lot out of it because you're a coaches, they're holding back. They're not showing the playbook because they don't want it on film. So you got me out here in this vanilla base coverage. Mm-hmm. I'm getting torched because you want me to run, you know, cover three on the goal line. I remember, you know, people doing that, like, oh, run cover three on the goal line. We just, you know, we just want to get a look. Like, what? Come on, man. The dude's going to run a slant. Nobody's going to mm-hmm. get there. The safety not going to get there or the linebacker. Nobody's going to get there. And then, you're gonna, then coach going to get mad at you. Yeah. Why you didn't play it tight? Why you didn't play it tight? Why you didn't squeeze down on the slant? You know, things like that. But mm-hmm. it's it's so 
it's so vanilla, so blah. It's so all of that. So are you really getting anything out of it? No. You know, the only thing that I think that that's good is the one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. Um, the O-line, D-line one-on-ones going mm-hmm. against each other. Um, goal line period, you know, where it's it's full speed. Mm-hmm. Let's go live goal line for 10 plays or whatever. Those things where you get after it, yeah. But those controlled seven-on-seven skellies, team, uh, two-minute drill, thud-ups and all that, meh. Nah, I'm not a big proponent of it. I was never what about two minute. What about two minute drill? Two minute drill. I don't get a little I, bit of. Little bit no, of I like, like two minute. I like two minute drill. I didn't like thud up in two minute no, drill. Yeah, I, no, I wanted yeah, to be yeah. able to make contact with the receiver so that they could know that you 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 would have dropped that because this is happening. So it's um you know I've never been a proponent of half speed. I don't I don't I I struggle with that in practice anyway. When they That's how your ass get half hurt. Yeah, half speed. You know, let's thud up. I know how to be a professional. We can go full speed and be a professional and not go to the ground. But yeah. that's that's the problem that that you get in those practices to me. It's just it's not it's not it's nothing to me personally. I like joint practice mainly just due to the chirpiness. Uh just yeah. seeing guys, you know, seeing guys, you know, instead of it being a game setting, just more of a relaxed setting, you know, seeing mm-hmm. guys talk to one another, you know, doing, you know, and again just being competitive but in a professional way. Um, I, I think I'm getting older because I'm feeling like some of these coaches, when it comes to, you know, we're not getting any work done. You know, if, we, if we're just going to fight all day, you know, we can't right. actually come out here and get a look. Uh, but again, if you're playing Divas, you're obviously playing cover three or cover two the whole time. I still can't get a look. So it, it plays in a part of what you just said, too, is if we're running these joint practices, we're not able to really implement the schemes that we that we're trying to run throughout the season. What's the point of us being out here? Right. Uh, so I understand both both sides of that. Um, let me go ahead and move on and finish this up for tonight. Uh, another weird headline that came out today as well. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater will be wearing number 50 throughout the preseason. Um, I had a friend of mine let me know about that. I honestly thought he was joking because I, I, I was kind of confused on why he was going to be wearing 50. But just for the preseason, um, won't be for the regular season. I don't know what number he's going to be, but will be number 50 for the preseason. Uh, also, I'll take it back out to the West, and we'll go to uh, 49ers with Nick Bosa. Nick Bosa, of course, is still holding out. Um, most likely, all of his fines will be uh, pretty much wiped away by the 49ers organization, just pretty much do because they, they like him. Uh, if you're on a rookie contract and you're holding out, those fines will not affect you. But since you, if you were able to get a second or third contract, yes, those fines will affect you. Uh, but it seems like Nick Bosa wants his money and uh, being a reigning defensive player of the year will probably help you get that. So uh, I think within the next week or so, because times are ticking, you know, regular season will be here soon. Uh, I think he will be uh, obviously back in training camp. But uh, with a guy like Nick Bosa, obviously, I'm assuming he's working out on his own. But once and you know how it is, Adrian, if you're not able to get those reps every day, you can't replace real reps. You, you no matter no. what you do outside of the the, uh, the the facility, they're not real reps, and it's going to probably take Nick Bosa a couple weeks. You know, once he's start to get back into a full speed. That's why. That's why there's so many injuries right now in the NFL because your training camp and all this stuff is thinned out, and you're expecting guys to take care of themselves, and they got all these trainers and all that. But guess what? It, there's nothing like when you get a live bullet in front of you, another person in front of you. You you try to jump 
faster, jump, you know, jump higher, run faster, and do these things. And then you got, oh, he popped an Achilles or he tore his hamstring. Or this happened. Well, you can't replicate that. You can't, you and your buddies can go out and, you know, we used to do it all the time. We do one on ones, we go out and replicate. You can't, it's not the same thing. It's just not the same thing. It's just not. It's no, too relaxed. I definitely agree. And that's something we might need to talk about later on, uh, either in, during the football season or sometime next um, next year during the off season, because that that is something that I feel like that we might need to look into the data in regards of um, the NFL of old when it comes to more hard uh, more hard hitting throughout the tr- throughout training camp, um, two a days, you know, all these different things that were normal in training camp. And now they have they have kind of um, been a little bit more relaxed in the NFL. Yeah, injuries have definitely probably have gone up, but um, obviously with all the, the amount of players that you have around the let's just say United States, I'm not even mentioning in the outside of the United States. I think with the NFL, it allows them to be able to pick and choose. You know, players from an XFL team, USFL team. You know, this, that, and the third. You know, we'll always have a backup of a backup. You know, because mm-hmm. of how many players we have. Uh, so again, that's interesting to to just maybe think about moving forward. Is yeah, is is training camp not allowing these players to be able to finish out the season? I think so, personally. Yeah. So again, that's something uh, to maybe look into moving forward. But other than that, I, I think we are done with uh, tonight's week of X talking ish. Um, of course, this upcoming week we have uh, plenty of games throughout the NFL. Uh, slate. Uh, we'll talk about them again next Tuesday. Uh, we're about three weeks away from the NFL season. It'll be uh, here before you know it. And uh, we'll be here to, of course, recap and preview everything uh, within the NFL landscape. So with that being said, we are done with X Talking Is for tonight. I want to uh, say thank you to my co-host here for today, uh, Mr. Adrian Lunsford, for joining us from BDOC Sports. I'll take the co-host and tell Ish. Now I'm gonna invite him to be on our show. Yes, next sir. Tuesday. Next yes, Tuesday, sir. I'm invite him to be on our show. Let him know. Yeah, I'm taking over the Ish. He's gonna just go ahead and just be whoever. He'd be the guest. He'd be the guest for next yeah. week. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I appreciate, appreciate it. Yes, thank sir. y'all. Yes, thank all the fans out there and all the listeners and everything. Thank y'all for listening and tuning in, man. Y'all have a good night. As always, we'll see y'all next Tuesday at X-Talking-ish here at 9 o'clock p.m. Central Time, 10 o'clock Eastern Time. Thank you, guys. All right. Bye.